Hey, how's it going? It's the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have Adam Bensman with me from The Roof Strategist. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks for having me, Tim. All from a YouTube comment. Invite me here and good to good to meet face to face and be here with you. Guys, you got to follow The Roof Strategist on YouTube. It is absolutely amazing. We are going to be talking about building turnkey roofing sales processes. We're going to talk a little bit about this multi-step door knocking technique that Adam uh, teaches. Um, who is this for today, though? Who is it for? We're talking to people that are struggling at the door, that hate door knocking, or you're newer in the industry. And those of you who are trying to scale, whether you're going to from zero to one million to, hey, all the way up to zero to 10, whatever, one to 10 million, whatever you're doing. Um, what, Adam, if you can knock on a door, brother, if you can knock on a door, if you can do these pitches, if you can uh, do it decently, I should say, what what is uh, available to you in this world? Oh, man, um, a lot. This industry can change your life. I mean, the earning potential is insane. As anyone who's listening in roofing sales knows, you know, it, it's you can earn as we as we say, doctor money, six figures, multi six figures. And, and it's just about, you know, balancing what I call the three pillars, who you are, the be, do, and say, those are the three that I teach. Be, do, say. Be is who you're going to become because who you are now is not the same person you're going to become in three months, six months. And it'll be even faster for any new salespeople because to get to that next level, you're going to grow. And I always say sales is personal development in disguise. And uh, if you're not willing to embrace the challenge, then go find another job because this one ain't for you. And then the doing is your sales activities, what's going to bring you to that success. And then saying is communicating, communicating clearly, learning how to pitch, learning how to present, learning how to overcome objections, learning how to ask for the business, follow up. So those are the three tiers. You master those and this, this industry can take you places that are, uh, we're, we're historically restricted to those with, with uh, fancy degrees and a lot of college debt. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we're going to kind of go clouds and dirt here. We're going to do the dirt of what are the specific strategies that actually work today? today, today. And then clouds, I'd say, we've got people listening to this podcast that are running companies. Maybe they know how to do some of this stuff, yeah. but they don't know how to scale it into a team. So we're going to kind of go back and forth between those two things. Um, you teach, you, you have courses and, and things available. You, you uh, have a, a personal sales strategy that you've kind of proliferated out there. And it sounds like you, you're actually giving away some of that training. Um, what are the kind of the key things that you have to get down to do door-to-door -door sales very well? Good question. Uh, learn how to, so let me take a step back. I interviewed this guy named Jared. Jared follows my YouTube channel. He reached out to me. He says, dude, I got into roofing sales, bought your marketing battle pack, followed your strategies. First year in sales did 1.3 million, which by the way is great numbers, especially for, for a rookie. And he started late. This was like 1.3 million and not even a full calendar year. And he's, he said this to me and I never even thought about it. He goes, I realize I'm getting paid to have awkward conversations. So when you learn to embrace the discomfort, when you learn to face these challenges of, of getting those, getting rejected at the door and having the right mindset to brush it off. You know, I have a little story. It was an old Chinese proverb to help with motivation, which I can share later if anyone's interested. Uh, and then the other piece is just knowing the easy way to start conversations. And this is the Achilles heel for salespeople. It's the hardest thing to teach. How do you have confidence going up to a door? Well, 
door scripts are garbage. Anyone that's using scripts, rip them up, throw them out right now. They're a good learning tool. The application in the field is trash because people sound like a robot and a canned pitch doesn't work for every scenario. So learning a, for, I teach formulas and we can talk about my slap canvassing formula, but having yes, the let's right do approach. The slap. Let's yeah. do it. Talk, talk us through, what is slap? So the slap canvassing formula is a framework that I've created to start conversations at the door. And it will help you have this really big mindset shift of I'm not here to sell anything. First, I'm here to one, start a conversation and then two, find out if I can help. After that, you can then do your, your presentation, your pitch to get up on the roof or whatever it is. How this came to me was no joke, four in the morning, I shoot out of bed and I was thinking of all these different ways I was making sales. I'm like, how do I teach people to do this? It came naturally. I kind of figured it out. And I literally ran into my office on my whiteboard and I wrote down the word slap. And this is what it stands for. S, say hi and break the ice. L, let them know why you're there and make it really familiar and relevant to their neighborhood. A, ask an open-ended question. For anyone listening, an open-ended question requires thought. What did you have for lunch today? That's an open-ended question. You're going to have to tell me what it was that you ate. There's options. You're thinking, right? What did I have for lunch? I don't even remember. It was two hours ago, right? Versus, you know, did you enjoy your lunch? That's a closed-ended question. Yes or no. So I want to ask an open-ended question because it's much harder for someone to reject me. And the information they give me will lead me to the P of slap, which is simple. Present to their answer. Because that open-ended question, I'll give you three of them in a minute, will kind of break the ice and it will facilitate a question where people don't feel like you're there to sell them anything. So many of these canned pitches and door to door training, just go in for the kill. It's like going in for the jugular right away. And I've had people that have adopted this strategy who used to go 50 doors to a no, who are going three out of four doors to get inspections and then at least be able to get in to present. So it's a big, big shift. And it also takes the, the sting out of what we don't like in door to door is this, this stigma of being a door to door salesman. And, and, and you really aren't, you're there to, to find out if you can help and provide service. So um, I'll come up for air because I get excited about this stuff. I think that that's the biggest thing. If I was to, I am fascinated by people that are able to do this and do it day in and day out. It, the biggest thing is this, the, the scary, all the scary no's that you get. Mm -hmm. So people, this slap formula, by the way, it works for both storm damage sales, hail, wind, hurricane works for retail. doesn't matter. I want to give you some examples of both. So let's say I show up we got different scenarios and that's when we talk about multi-touch marketing is leveraging your customer touch points. And I've identified what I, what I have numbered as 25 sales opportunities from a single customer. So many people only take advantage of two. They'll, after they sign them up, talk to some neighbors and they might show up on install day and maybe, maybe, maybe ask for a referral. So we've got mission one, make our first sale for a new person or getting into a new neighborhood. Mission two, turn that one customer into 10. Mission one, we'll talk about now. How do we make that first sale? Well, we need to make it relevant why we're in their neighborhood. So we'll do something like this. So, hey, my name's Adam, the roof strategist. By the way, beautiful boat in the driveway. So there's my icebreaker. I'm just looking for something on the property that is indica indicative of them. They, they find value, value in it. Could be a car, could be a boat, could be a rose garden, cute dog, sports flag, whatever it is. So I'm gonna just say hi, break the ice. Almost like I'm interrupting myself, right? And then say, hey, the reason I'm stopping by, now we're in the L, let them know why you're there and make it really familiar, is I've been speaking with some of your neighbors here on Lexington Lane about their, their roofs. And many of them have 
experienced uh, damage actually that they didn't realize they had from this last year's severe storms. So that's letting them know why I'm there. And I want to just show you a couple different scenarios of how I can use that, right? So, hey, uh, the reason I'm stopping by, I actually just got off Peggy's roof and we just helped her file a claim for storm damage that she didn't even realize she had. Another one, hey, you know, we're doing uh, Peggy's roof next week. And I wanted to stop by and give you my card in case any debris comes in your yard. It's another example, right? When the job's scheduled. Install day, hey, Peggy's roof over there on Lexington, we're doing her roof today. Or another one, right? Like we, we did her roof last week. So any different scenario, we're just making it relevant to them. Mm -hmm. And if I'm brand new in that neighborhood, I'm just gonna use her street name. So I'm gonna let them know, hey, my name's Adam, the roof strategist. By the way, beautiful boat in the driveway. Hey, the reason I'm stopping by today, uh, um, I've been talking with some folks here on Lexington Lane about the roofs from all that uh, severe storms that we had this year. And so there's your, your letting them know why I'm there. Then I'm going to slide to an open-ended question. Here's three if you're working storms, and then we'll talk retail in a second. Number one, while I was in the neighborhood, I just want to stop by and ask, how has the insurance process been for you? Okay. So how has it been? They're going to have to respond. Or where are you at in the, in the process? And if, again, people say, well, what if they didn't file a claim? Cool. They're going to tell you. They're going to say, what are you talking about? And you say, yeah. I'm so glad I stopped by. Peggy, who I just told you about, had no idea she had damage. And I'm actually helping her get this part started. And I'm pretty confident we're going to get it approved. And then I can go in to the rest of my, my pitch, right? So um, where are you at in the process? How has the process been? Or asking, what did the insurance say when they came out? They're going to tell you they either were partially, they had a partial payment, they had a denial, they approved it, they're waiting on a check, they're ready to pick a contractor, or they look at you like a deer in the headlights. But either way of those scenarios, you know how to pee present to them. If they say, what are you talking about? Say, I'm really glad I stopped by. Peggy had no idea that she had damage either. So what I'd love to do for you, and then I use a negative agreement. So I'm looking to get a no, because that's what people want to say if you're on their door. No, that gives them control. So I want to give, I'm going to ask a question that leads to a no, but they're actually agreeing to, to, with me. It's a negative agreement. So it goes like this. So, hey, Peggy had no idea that she had damage. Hey, do you have any objection if I hop up on your roof, take some photos, videos, and I'll show you what I find? No, I don't have any objection to that. That's what homeowners say. And all of a sudden you put their guard down. You're asking for a no, which actually means yes. And boom. What did you want to do when you got there anyway? Get up on the roof. So there's one scenario, you know, and if they had it, uh, you just got Peggy approved with her insurance, whatever the case may be, you can plug and play. That's the beauty of a formula into that slap method. And if they have a check in hand, the insurance already wrote them a check. Boom. You're like, oh, great. I'm so glad I'm here. Here's how I can help. And then you just present to that. So it allows mm -hmm. you to custom tailor it as opposed to just showing up saying, hey, can I do an inspection on your roof? We're doing complimentary inspections and it's like, you don't know if they need it. And then retail is no different. The open-ended question I ask is, when was the last time you had your roof inspected and routine maintenance conducted? And a homeowner will look at you like a deer in the headlights because they don't remember the last time they got up on the roof and they say routine maintenance. Well, yeah, sometimes some simple sealant is going to extend the lifespan of the roof and keep, keep things from happening. It needs to be done, recommended every six months. While I'm here, do you have any objection if I hop up on your roof for a complimentary inspection and I'll show you what I find? And they're going to say, oh, no, I have no objection. And you'll be amazed that that other one-liner, I've had raving feedback on people making that switch. So anyway, that's the slap formula in a, in a slap second. <laughs>
that is dude you're a machine that is brilliant and awesome okay so before we get to scaling this out to teams because i think that that's something you know you you consult with businesses that are doing you know even tens of tens of millions of dollars of revenue and help them scale this out before we get into that let's do a little bit of mindset stuff because like i said as an outsider outsider maybe i have a stupid question here i don't know but as an outsider, this is this is gonna wear on you. Just and the the you still get no's, right? It's a good amount of no's. It's a good amount of get through that. Yeah. And you know, I've done cold calling. That's the closest thing I've done, cold calling. And then yeah. it's there's a lot of negativity, right? There there's is. people that are get mad. They don't like they don't like you interrupting their day or whatever. So how, give us like three minutes on just like mindset going into this, and how do you overcome that resistance in ourselves that naturally don't want to put ourselves in a position to have friction? Sure. That's an awesome question. There's a few things I can touch on on this. And by the way, the slap formula works incredibly well for cold calling. So if you layer that in as well, it's the yeah. same thing. You, you have a relevant reason yeah. and you just ask a question, you're not going into it. But anyway, that's aside. So yeah. mindset. Um, there's a, a the ancient Chinese, I believe it was Chinese proverb. Um, that, that really resonated with me. So we'll tell the story first because you'll see how that's linked together. So this guy's in a canoe and he's paddling up river. And in the distance, he sees that there's a canoe heading right towards him. So naturally he's like, hey man, watch out. Canoe stays course coming right towards him. So as he's paddling, he starts getting grumpier and grumpier. He says, hey dummy, watch out. You're coming right at me, move over. I'm already over as far as I can go. Nothing happens. He gets up, he's shouting at the canoe, all upset that this canoe is barreling towards him. And boom, before you know it, impact. He falls down. He's furious. He gets up to go yell at the canoe and he realizes the canoe is empty. It was floating down river. So what's the story behind this? There's really no one in the canoe. Meaning when someone's yelling at you, you can't take it personally. It's not about you. It doesn't matter. You are there to get offloaded on. Some people are the kindest people in the world. They've had a bad day. I've woken up babies on accident. I had someone who had ter you know, terminal illness I knock on the door. I can't see through walls. I'm not a mind reader. When we become the dumpster of rejection, we have to just pretend. And it's the same thing as like, you know, have you ever been in your garage or something? You like stand up and smash your head and then you're like cursing and scream and you're just furious. And you're like, what am I even furious at? Like that was an inanimate object. So when we have this mindset, we can really brush it off. And, and I've, I've had, I actually had a salesperson um, send me an email and he goes, dude, that story really helped. And he sent me a picture of him in a canoe. He actually had a canoe and he, he's like, this really helped me not personalize the rejection because when we have the mindset shift of it's not me, like whoever showed up is going to get dumped on you don't take it personal. And that's a hard thing when someone is calling you a sleazeball, a door-to-door -door salesperson or whatever it is, or you're here to sell me something, go get a real job. Just, you got to ignore it because chances are you're earning 10 times more money than they are. And they're not so happy about that. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not always the case. Sometimes we need, we need to build ourselves up with confidence. So <laughs> no, I like that though. Hey, I feel like literally what you're saying in certain ways is like, those are good skills for just living, yeah. right? That's a really good skill for living to not personalize everything when it's happening to you. So it feels like this could literally make you a better person by Without doing it. Without a doubt. This, this industry, I believe, is personal development in disguise. 
when you learn to embrace the discomfort. So two more mindset things, speaking of this discomfort and growing, I always use it as a mission. If I got rejected to just make it a game, how long can I keep them talking to me? And as I did that, like this guy, Jared said, you're just in these awkward conversations, but it becomes easier. And then instead of with, with fear, and I use mm. the analogy of, of dogs a lot. And it's not to say that we're dogs is that many of us have dogs and can relate. My dog, her name's Maddie was a rescue. She didn't look at me for three weeks. She had no nails because when she was outside, she would crawl. If I threw a ball for my other dog, she would hit the deck. She was severely abused to beyond belief. I mean, this dog is traumatized. The only way to get past fear, I actually brought my dog in for this video, is to face it. The minute that we cower and turn away with rejection, we bow to fear and we say, you're right, you're keeping me safe because this is how we're wired as humans. Everything we do and engage in our world is in response to survival. It's a survival mechanism. So if you're got the door slammed and you tuck your tail, like, oh my God, I'm so bad. Why am I doing this? He's right. I am dumb. I'm stupid. Like, you're going to just build that fear up and you're literally reinforcing it to say, hey, this fear response served me well. And you're going to get so afraid you're going to drive to a job site or a neighborhood. You're never going to get out of a car. So you need to do the opposite. When you're faced with that, confront it. When you get rejected, see how long you can keep them talking. Say, listen, I totally understand that you're not interested. I just want to say one thing. I'm not here to sell you anything. Of course, I work for this company, but I don't know if I can even help you. My mission is to find out if I can help. And if I can, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think will be best for you, whether it's with me or someone else. So that'd be just another way to just kind of step into the discomfort. So having That's that mindset- really good Dude, that works in our industry too with the marketing agency thing. We always talk about if it's whether it's with us or somebody else. Obviously, and this is why I think it was like, and I'm not a sale, I'm not a roofing sales guy, but like also another reputable contractor, a well-reviewed contractor, somebody, you know what I mean? Like using the the language of well-reviewed, reputable, you're a smart homeowner, make sure you do the smart thing, whether it's with us or somebody else. I think that's a really good tone. It's powerful. It's the illusion of control. You're giving them choice and then you're showing why you should be a good choice. And, yeah. and that makes them feel like they're making a choice and not being pushed into a sale. So like that, that. that whole piece. And then the final thing is just mindset. When you can approach a door, knowing that you're not there to sell anything, you are there to find out if you can help. I don't care who says every homeowner's or potential customer to me. No, you need to get your head on straight. I, there were customers I would walk out the door. We call them the Walmart mentality. Price is it. If I can't, if I can't rock bottom price and it's a race to the bottom, I'll tell them to their face. Listen, cut rate work, cut rate prices come with cut rate work, cut rate install, cut rate products. I'm not willing to cut rates, cut corners to earn your business. And if you're looking for someone, it's not me. With good luck, and then I'll leave. And then they'll either stop you and then you'll believe it or not, they're going to say yes, or they let you go. And if they let you go, you're done. So remembering not everyone is your customer. Every door is an opportunity. This I agree with, but not everyone is, is, nor should be your customer. And, and you can burn out that way, right? By just signing the worst deals possible out there. And I mean, like I've been on the, I've, I'm not a roofing business owner, but I've been on, I've been with our clients when they get the call. And, you know, of course we get weird client interactions sometimes too, but like, those are not the best conversations when somebody just, you know, when there's, maybe we shouldn't have sold to that person. They have weird mm -hmm. expectations if the expectations are off. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I want to throw out here, uh, let's do three to five minutes, last three to five minutes of the podcast. Let's talk about if you're trying to 
scale a business. And perhaps you were good at the door. Or maybe, maybe it was instinctive, you know, like you built this business, you think everyone should kind of get this, right? But it's yeah. the hard part is a little bit of scaling what you did well or a system. I need a system for making sure that new people can come in. Because if you have that system, if you have those systems, you could bring in, you know, I mean, they have that a generally good disposition or whatever it happens to be, but like you can bring in a lot of people and, and your business could scale to infinity, right? Like, I mean, I mean, whatever the natural limit, I think the, some of the biggest roofing companies that are in uh, retail or uh, residential are it's like 80 million and stuff like that. So wherever that natural ceiling is where people level off, you can scale up to 80 yeah. million, right? So what are those things that you've seen that allow people to scale what they've done well a lot mm -hmm. of times and not, not get thrown off by the fact that not everyone is you and your company? Yeah. So it's a really good question. And so many people, I'll tell you this, owners have a natural tendency to close more business than someone else, even if they're not great salespeople. And it's, there's, there's an air of confidence. There's an authority piece that's played in. So many owners will be like, Hey, well, I just do this. I'm really good at it. And they expect their salespeople to follow suit and it doesn't work. I've, I made that mistake. I grew a sales team um, at our peak 30. It didn't last at 30. We averaged 12 to 20. My point is you bring people in, not everyone succeeds. I learned this stuff the hard way in the trenches, making the same mistakes most people do. They bring them in, we throw them out there, see if they're going to stick. Everyone, and here's the crazy part about it, if you think about it. When you're bringing new people into your company and you're sending them out in the streets, you're basically saying, go figure it out. Here's some basic training, go figure it out. Well, what if you knew the best way to make sales? What if you knew that it was truly, in my opinion, a formula? And if it is a formula, give it to them. Because instead of them trying to figure it out, you're handicapping yourself, you're increasing your turnover, you instead give them the keys to success. The same thing with real estate companies and these giant brokerages. They're like, hey, come on board. I'm going to give you the platform and support and everything you need to rock it. And, and then your top producers grow. So I look at roofing sales as a true success formula. And I'll use the example of weight loss. Eat this, work out, results happen. Very few people will argue me on that unless they have some sort of underlying crazy health condition. Most companies aren't doing this. They're like, go figure it out. And sales reps work hard and put in the hours. Well, it's like, and I used this analogy with you before we started filming, Tim, was if I'm out there in the gym for two hours doing bicep curls, you can't argue my work, how hard I'm working or the time. I just happen to be doing really silly things that aren't going to produce the results. If I want a six pack and I'm doing bicep curls. So yeah. what we, what I've done is found a path to help people be successful. I know as running a team, it's very challenging to manage personalities because salespeople have different personality types and different needs and managing those needs will kill you. Trust me, <laughs> you must manage the activities. So if I can give them the proper sales activities to do, assuming they are the right role, which I teach five profile traits to identify, hustler, thick skin, persuasive, persistent, and confident. And I teach an interview tactic to draw those out. That's just get, basically getting them to tell me stories as I look and dissect. Can you say those one more time? Questions. Yeah. Hustler, thick skinned, persuasive, persistent, and confident. 
So I got a wonky that's pinky. Good, that's good. That's so good for if, all employees, really. If, yeah. If they don't have all five of those, especially in this business, I guarantee they will fail. So I'm asking, I just want them to tell me stories about their past. And I'm looking, yes or no, do they have these? Because with the right person in this position, the chances of success skyrocket. So you're going to drop the retention. Chances of success go way up then you just give them the right keys. So I teach a multi, multi-touch multi approach, as I call it, multi-touch, to Canvas to go from that cold door knocking where you're showing up saying like, hey, I'm here, and the customer's like, who are you? You know, to then what I call warm door knocking. You've been there multiple times. You're in the same neighborhood. No one's home. You leave a letter at the door. I teach everything. I actually have a sample one here on plain paper. If this was left on your door, are you going to open it? that had your address and it was a plain piece of paper. Now, most roofing companies are in these over-designed door hangers and it's like a roof, free inspection, free estimate, better products, better warranty, BBB certified, been in business for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. It's the same boring freaking value problem. No way, yeah. Exactly, so they see it, decision tree, marketing material, trash. Leave this on their door, they're like, huh, so at least they open it, I skip the trash. Then, for the people that are, yeah, for the people that aren't watching, uh, it's just the number of the ad, it's basically just the address. I mm -hmm. think like it comes, like the principles are the kind of similar in website design too, is like those flashy header carousels. It, it feels like a commercial. If it's mm -hmm. like an ad, right? Like versus like you want it to feel like content. So what I feel like you're saying is like, this feels like content to them. Like they, they need to read what's inside because there's content versus like, if you lead with, I'm an ad, you mm -hmm. know, like then I can just dispose of that because I dispose of all advertisements that I didn't ask for. Exactly. And I'll go one step further instead of content to conversation. Mm -hmm. because it is a conversation. That's good. And you'll you'll that's see really on, the, on the other side, by the way, there's just examples I have here. So one for anyone that's listening, um, plain piece of paper, folded up, no company logos. Your company info's on there, but they gotta be, they're gonna be curious. Curiosity is a strong pull we can't fight. So if I wrote your address on a plain piece of paper and something it on your door, you're gonna look at it. Or if I wrote stopped by dot, dot, dot on the backside and folded it, you're gonna at least open it. And then yeah. a strong headline, little blue squigglies. I write it like a letter. I want them to read it. Yeah. So I'll leave this at the door. And then I also send it in the mail. So next time yeah. I show up, I use that slap form. Hey, my name's Adam. By the way, beautiful boat in the driveway. Hey, the reason I'm stopping by, I actually came by last week and I left a letter at your door and I sent you a letter in the mail. Um, and while I was in the neighborhood, I just want to stop by. Here's my open-ended question. And I wanted to ask, what questions did you have for me about that letter? This is this multi-step door knocking approach that you've got here. So you do letter. Yeah, multi-touch. Yeah, multi-touch, excuse me. Is, is you're basically saying they're much more likely to engage you at that point if they yeah. recognize. Exactly. I'll explain why. So sales guy, his name's William, send, sends me a text message. It's a Saturday. It says, you just made me five grand today. So I said, okay, I'm, you got my attention. What, what happened? He goes, so I worked multi-touch. I got a call off a letter because people do call off these. Those leads that come in are as hot as they get. They're targeted, by the way, as hand address, hand stamped. So here's a sample. And uh, gets a call, signs a guy up. Goes next door, use that slap formula to ask about the letter. Woman says, I'm so glad that you stopped by. I set your letter out. I loved your approach. All this crap's been hanging on my door. People have been showing up. Hop up there. Let me know what you think. Sign deal. 5000 bucks okay. in commissions because two big, two big properties. So um, the reason this works is familiarity. There's a gentleman named Jack Schaefer, former FBI agent. He wrote a book called The Like Switch. And I recently read it and all this made sense. I've been teaching this practice. I read this book. This guy's entire job is to get spies to convert 
from that are in the US spying on us, sending intel to like Russia. And he get he finds them and gets them to convert to spy on Russia. So he developed what he calls the friendship formula, proximity, frequency, duration, and intensity. Those are the four elements. When I heard that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why it works. You're in the same neighborhoods over and over again. That's proximity. There's frequency, there's duration, there's intensity. They're seeing, you know, you might get no's, but just because you get a no once. There's a guy that worked for me. His name was Lonnie. And he sold 40 homes in six blocks in six weeks. Sorry, when I say homes, I mean 40 roofs. There was actually yeah. roofside and combos. Yeah. Beautiful nice. area. People were giving him no's and he'd show back up like, listen, I know you kicked me off your doorstep. I've done five of your neighbors. And he would start turning those no's into yeses. So you become mm. the, the most recognized roofer to everybody in that mm. neighborhood. The, the ever present. You don't, even if you're a $1 million company, for that neighborhood, you're the biggest one there. And that's all that matters. You don't need to be the biggest to everybody because you can do 60, 80 homes in this neighborhood, 60 to 80 homes in that, 20 in this one. All of a sudden you scale up massively. So make the sale. And then I teach a, a process of leveraging the customer touch points. And I've identified 25 sales opportunities to take advantage of as you process the customer to turn it into more business. And it blends great customer service with with sales opportunities injected into the right activities to do. And then I teach people how to, how to run a sales appointment, which is to me, the biggest missing link from any company. So anyone listening, whether you're an individual rep, whether you're an owner running a team, whether you're a sales manager, you must teach how to run the sales appointment. Critical mistakes happen. I've been a silent observer of sales appointments, watching the sales rep and the homeowner, seeing the body language cues. And that was probably the most valuable um, opportunity I've ever had because I get to see what lots of people do and how they react. And that's when you can plug the holes and create a system that avoids those mistakes from happening. It will okay. lead to high sales. You got me, man. How, how do I get uh, started? Like where, where do I go next? If I'm, if I'm uh, sold on this idea, I, I want to get the roof strategist way. How do I, how do I get it into this? Awesome. Great, great question. So I'm going to do the opposite thing is what a salesperson should do and tell you first, make sure my style works. Check out my, I have a, the Roof Strategist podcast and YouTube channel and go consume some videos. You get a good taste for the style. No matter if it's me, here it goes, or someone else. Um, and I do mean this, if it's me or someone else, you got to follow the style that resonates. Yeah. And, and just if you don't have a system, if you don't have, I think that yeah. that's ultimately the takeaway here is like, yep. get a system, get a process for teaching your people and make sure that there's a system in place. If you don't have one, whether it's Adams or whoever's, you need one, make it happen, systematize, have uh, training. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if anyone is interested, so I've got um, individual products that are available for priced, even that a, an individual sales rep can purchase. And starting at 347 bucks, I do have some financing options and split pay options available all the way up to bundles to learn like, oh, I want, you know, all the marketing material, like the letters I showed you or uh, my step-by-step -step sales strategy or how to run a sales appointment. And those can be bundled up for individual sales reps. You'll earn your, you'll literally earn the money back on one sale. And I package up things differently and provide some additional um, services to 
owners. I call it my sales team plan. So if you're looking to arm a team of four or more, um, email me, adam at roofstrategist.com. So know the adam at roofstrategist.com. And I'll share some info and we can chat. And I promise with the rates I have, you'll still make your money back on the profit of one job. And then it's up from there. It's no, it's no brainer. And you get instant access to, to the whole suite of, of everything. And I've got people all over the US and Canada using it and literally get testimonials on a, on a daily basis of success stories. So um, test it for yourself, try the free stuff. And then uh, I'm here for you if or when you're ready. All right, man. Well, I love it. And also there's so much value in somebody who's just seen so many other teams and like the problems that they've had and worked through them. It's there's so many good things about kind of rubbing shoulders and I, I appreciate you rubbing shoulders with me today on the podcast thank you for taking the time out of your day man i know that your time is valuable so appreciate you brother hey thanks for having me tim the podcast is put on by hook agency hookagency.com hook agency all over social and have a good one